Hello, fellow Star Wars fans. This is your host for the Trenchman Report, David Yoda Brooklander. And tonight's episode, we're going to be diving into uh, episodes 11 and 12 for The Bad Batch. Uh, sitting here with me this evening are Aaron Russo standing by, uh, Justin Gray standing by. And we are going to be going into full detail and stuff with the episodes. So if you have not seen it, there will be spoilers. Um, so we highly recommend that you go and watch it and then come back and listen to this episode. So we're going to dive into the recaps for episode 11 and 12, uh, Devil's Deal and Rescue on Ryloth. And Aaron is going to go for the... I forgot the word. <laughs> I like totally blanked. Uh, recap. Recap. <laughs> recap. Can you say it one more time? Recap. All right, Aaron, go ahead and take it away. All right. So we're going to handle this as one episode, basically 11 and 12. So um, we start out with uh, the uh, a depiction of the occupation of Ryloth. Um, we get a speech from uh, Orn Free Ta and from uh, Cam Syndulla. Um, so the, the episode primarily is told from the perspective of Hera and her family and how they're dealing with the imperial occupation of their planet. Um, Hera is already engaged in uh, spycraft and uh, aspiring to, to uh, throw a wrench in the works of the Empire. Um, and she gets arrested or caught and arrested, pseudo arrested. Um, and then uh, she ends up uh, sneaking on or you know, kind of in a backwards way, getting uh, involved in going on a mission with, I believe it's her uncle to get what she finds out is weapons. And when they land on the planet where they're going to meet the uh, supplier, they end up meeting the Bad Batch who are doing a job for Sid. Um, and they uh, get the weapons to them. Bad Batch leaves, and then upon returning to Ryloth, um, they're kind of uh, the uh, Hera and her uncle get busted, and they get caught. And then uh, Hera is captured, um, and then uh, Cam Syndulla is kind of framed for shooting Ornfri Ta at the end. Um, uh, so that's basically the first episode. And then second episode is basically the story of the Bad Batch now <clears throat> deciding to come back to Ryloth to rescue Hera um, and to kind of make things right on Ryloth. And so we get the um, kind of two storylines. We get the storyline of the clones told through Hauser's perspective and how the clones feel about the occupation of Ryloth and how the, the Sindulas are being handled and how Hera specifically is being handled and Hauser kind of leads a pseudo insurrection. Hera hires the Bad Batch to rescue her parents. Um, so yeah, so it's basically the rescue of Hera's parents from Imperial custody. And the episode ends with Hera and her parents going off to continue what they're going to do in the rebellion. And then um, the episode ends with Crosshair requesting permission to hunt down the Bad Batch, which was ominous and dark and sinister. So that's kind of just a brief summary of episodes 11 and 12. All right, well put. So now we're going to go through uh, likes, dislikes, comments about the two episodes. So now what we're going to do is we're going to go through, kind of round about through, round the table and go through, you know, comments, likes, dislikes, 
Uh, we're going to start off with Sean's recording. Um, he is not standing by with us again this evening. He's out with his family. Um, so we're going to go ahead and play his recording and see what he got out of the episodes. Episodes 11, Devil's Deal, and 12, Rescue on Ryla, is a two-part arc for the show covering what's going on in uh, Ryloth with uh, some old faces, Cham Sindola, his daughter Hera, who we see later in Rebels, um, and the Prime Minister and the Imperials. And I really liked the, um, in total, the pacing of the two episodes together as an arc. Um, it was a little off-putting or shocking at first with uh, Devil's Deal, where my kids are like, is this is this Bad Batch? Where's the Bad Batch? Um, you know, you barely see them. Uh, they're only at the part uh, on the moon uh, where they're meeting up to deliver weapons. So it's taking a step back. I actually like it now. I'm, I'm appreciating it that we're getting a step back. We're getting to see firsthand what's going on in the Empire right now, um, getting some of the bigger picture. Um, and then they are setting up Hauser as well for the payoff in this episode, this latest one. So I think the overall it turned out great um but it's just a little bit weird um at first but um so the plot is that uh the imperial rampart is in charge of ryloth um trying to assert control and get control of the uh situation there um there's an imperial factory that is supposed to deliver um peace and prosperity to ryloth but um it has perhaps more nefarious purposes um so there's a prime minister who is definitely a pro-imperial. Um, and then Cham and his wife, uh, and to an extent Hera, are um, also part of the ruling family. I think Cham is the brother of the prime minister um, or just uh, somewhere, some someone in his court. And so um, ultimately they connect with the Bad Batch who was sent by their handler to deliver weapons um, on a moon outside the planet which I thought looked amazing. That was one of the coolest visual shots um, in that episode, in an episode with a lot of cool visual shots. Um, But they met uh, Hera um, and her family for the weapons handoff. She wanted to go along and learn how to fly a plane or fly ships. Um, She meets uh, Omega and they hit it off and we get to learn kind of, we get to see the bright eyed, bushy tailed version of Hera before she gets a little more, grounded and down to earth in rebels and then she's definitely um more hardcore in the game star wars squadrons when she's you know in middle age at that point um dealing with the imperial remnant and she's like a admiral at that point um and so it's just fun to see her arc i I actually like her character a lot in rebels i thought she was um you know just going meta for a minute i think Hera is a good example of like what you would consider a strong female character without going out of your way to put that in your face and like remind you every minute, every second that this is a strong female character. Like they tried too hard with like Ray, but like they, it appears effortless and I'm sure they were intentionally making her be, um, she's the, the leader. She's, she matches Kanan, uh, blow for blow, you know, they're, they're a match for each other, just like Han and Leia were. And I don't think, it was like them trying to make a point or anything. I think she's just like a naturally strong character and it's good to see that. And I, I liked Kanan and uh, Hera's depiction of a relationship. It's like a more or less healthy, normal, regular adult human romantic relationship where it's not their relationship drama isn't the center point of the 
of the show um but it is like just a background factor but it's not like they successfully resolve squabbles they work together they have each other's backs and it's just a good depiction of like a partnership relationship um anyway uh for this episode um they have the weapons they're trying to stop um stop the imperials and it ends up where um crosshair and rampart have arranged to have um cham and his family framed for assassinating or attempting to assassinate the prime minister um and so they set it up so that um a shot is fired and while cham's holding a weapon the guy gets shot and kind of everyone there um is like yeah that's what we saw except for hauser hauser was there hauser is the clone who has been side by side fighting and protecting the people of ryloth working with the royal family because ryloth was a republic planet that was heavily oppressed and heavily threatened by the separatists um and so unlike the other planets that we've seen like raxus where it was a separatist uh it was a separatist world and you can maybe understand why there's an imperial occupation they even vocalized that in this latest episode like why why is a loyal planet why is a non-separatist planet getting kind of the full treatment that a separatist planet is and this is weird um and so hauser obviously has something defective with his chip um or something else going on because he is kind of taking the blue pill on this and is like this isn't right and so he works um he works to help uh to help uh Hera uh who who is actually free like she she wasn't captured um at this time and so the rescue on Ryloth is to rescue Cham his wife and with the help of Hera because Hera sends out a distress signal and the Bad Batch answers it. Um, but at first, uh, Hunter is not inclined to help. Um, he is kind of uh, very noncommittal. And Omega kind of puts him in his place. And she's like, she's trying to protect her family. And I would do the same for you. And I thought that was that was just a good moment for Hunter. Like, he's truly lost. Like, he's truly trying to figure out what his place is in this new galaxy. And what his bearings are. And this is like the second or third time that he's been hinted or been given the hint from other characters, either Rex or Omega, that like he has this, per- like he's getting this call to basically what we would consider the rebellion. Like I kind of hope that they're going to end up that way or or kind of head down that path, but it may, might end in tragedy. But he's just kind of confused right now um, to the point where I, I wonder like why he's still the leader, I guess, if he's not quite sure um i guess they can't put omega in charge necessarily because she's too young but um and i would like to see maybe some of the others like it would be kind of nice to see if the others in the bad batch have opinions on this um and have thoughts on uh what the direction should be um i think we saw that a little bit with um echo when he was talking with hunter a few episodes ago we saw a little bit of that um but i just i kind of want to know where every member of the bad batch stands with what what are we even doing guys right so it's like if hunter says to do something then maybe just like cut back to the back of the line and you know tech and echo can kind of look at each other and go huh. like oh that's weird or why aren't we doing this or you i don't know i don't want to see like divisions and like survivor uh like the show survivor level you know backstabbing going on but i just want to see like what's in their heads what are they thinking about because we're only seeing it through hunter um but anyway uh the best scene in a long time certainly in this episode arc is um the group has uh they have cham and his wife and um they're heading out to leave the planet but hauser intervenes 
Um, and the Bad Batch is skeptical of him because he's a clone, right? And all the clones are targeting Bad Batch. Um, but Hauser doesn't. He stops them from going out the door, which is an ambush set up by Crosshair and his crew. Um, his crew plus other clones from the planet. Um, and so he says, don't go that way. It's a trap. And go this way instead and get off the planet. And they're like, come with us. And he uh, says, no, like I think... I need to stay here and get through to my men, um, talk some reason into them, which is really noble. And so he um, does that. Like once they're kind of on their on their way, he the gate opens and he steps out and he makes an appeal directly to his troopers who are aiming at him to um, like resist and say this isn't right. What the Empire's doing isn't right. Um, kind of join me. And a few of them throw their arms down, and then the the Death Trooper looking uh, crosshair guys. Um, you know, have the other troopers, I guess, under the command still, the ones who didn't kind of surrender and takes them into custody and leads them away. So I don't know what their fate is, but I just thought that was really a cool moment. Um, it is really interesting that, we, you know, we have the the Bad Batch are defective clones and perhaps that's why their inhibitor chips are broken. But this opens the possibility to um, clones who are not defective also having defective or weak or worn off defective uh, chips. Um, my theory with that maybe is that, although I don't know how strong it's going to be, um, that like your, how close you were to Jedi is how fiercely you hunt them down during the Clone Wars. So if you were like side by side with a Jedi the whole time, then when Order 66 flips, then you are that much more, adamant about killing a Jedi um and perhaps like Hauser basically had no exposure to Jedi on Ryloth or very little and so he um you know is maybe less inclined to be that uh, hardcore with Order 66 because you don't see obviously Order 66 doesn't um we don't see in the movies at least we don't see the clones uh some of the clones hesitating and then other clones gunning them down, even though that's what Palpatine said. Um, we don't actually see that happening as far as I remember. Um, so like basically almost all the clones go for it and they're only kind of hunting the Jedi. Um, and so maybe Hauser just hasn't, uh, hasn't had any reason to attack any of his other clones. Um, and to his eyes, like the Imperials coming in, um, look very similar to like the Republic, uh, Navy, uh, officers, except the, it doesn't have the navy colors anymore. It's just like black and gray and white. Um, so from his perspective, it doesn't maybe not much has changed except now when they're like kind of almost taking over Ryloth. He's like, what the heck? Um, this isn't right. So I don't know exactly what's going on there, but it is interesting. And I think it's going to lead toward either have four episodes left. Crosshair has been given permission to hunt down Bad Batch this time. So the hunt is on fully at this point. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think it's heading towards what we've been talking about, which is like a clone uh, uprising of some sort or mass desertion or something. Something's going to obviously end up with the Empire going, no, we're not doing clones anymore. Um, we are doing stormtroopers and it will be tragic. I think it'll converge back um, on Camino. Um, I think there is going to be like a mass uprising going on among the clones and it's going to be shut down. And I think we will see Vader, and I think we might see um, Boba Fett because um, of the connection uh, with 
the other bounty hunter, um, Fennec. So I think Fennec maybe already is connected with Boba Fett at this point, or is going to get connected and come help Omega and the Bad Batch with some reinforcements. And that would be Boba Fett perhaps, or Boba Fett is with Vader and we get to see Boba Fett and Vader, uh, lay waste to Camino perhaps and to quell the uprising. So, um, as far as a rating, I give this one like 9.1 perhaps out of 10. I think the devil's deal episode was seven and a half, eight for me. Um, you know, I liked, like I said, I liked seeing a different perspective. It was really weird watching the bad batch and having them barely be in it. Um, but because it was a two part episode, I'm kind of combining them. So that eight ish is offset by like the 9.5 of this, uh, of the rescue of Ryloth for like the drama, both, um, in Hunter's decision point to even initiate the mission, the rescue mission, which was really Omega's idea and plan and Hera, like they formulated the plan brought it to Hunter and he okayed it and then they executed it. Um, and but of course, like Hauser's moments really, really brought it up for me too. So I think it's like an eight and a 9.5 and settles out to like a 9.1 together. Um, so I, I thought it was really good. Definitely top five, perhaps top three. It, I don't know what it's nudging out at this point. Episode one and um, I guess the one after where their chips get taken out it would be my top three too, along with, I'm going to consider this one two episodes uh, as one. So this is like one episode and that would be probably the other, the other top three at this point for me. Um, but there's four left and maybe those will be my top four. I don't know. All right. Some interesting points there. Um, definitely some good insight. Uh, so let's go over to Justin. What, what are your thoughts and comments for the, these two episodes? All right. I'll, uh, start out with the first episode, um, uh, which is a uh, devil's deal. Um, I thought it was very interesting that, um, as Sean pointed out, that uh, the episode was more of a Hera um, episode, which was definitely uh, um, a surprise uh, to a lot of people. And it, and I am well aware that that's kind of created like a split um, opinion on it. Whether, like some people really, really love it. Some people really don't like it. Um, I'm kind of somewhat in the middle. Um because uh, I, I can see this working for like a show like the Clone Wars because like the um, because the Clone Wars was so vast with its characters, like it, um, with amu- with the amount of characters that it had, and where it can take it. Um, you couldn't. Uh, they didn't really get away with it in Rebels because they mostly concentrated on the Rebels crew. Uh, the closest that came to that was the um, episode with uh, Callus. And, and like it, like what his uh, day as a double agent was, um, his day as a double agent was like, um, but um, yeah, the, the uh, this uh, kind of threw that um uh, for for a bit of a spin when it was just focusing on Hera and not the Bad Batch. The Bad Batch kind of seemed more like a cameo, if anything, in that episode. Um, so there there's that. Um, another point I'd really like to make is, is that I'm a huge Chopper fan from Rebels. I adore the droid. So when he appeared, I definitely cheered. It was definitely Return of the King for me. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so there's that. Is Chopper your, your favorite overall droid? He has a higher body count than R2. 
Well, as like, and as far as like, like as the as far as the show goes, I mean, like I haven't, I can't actually. I have to like really backtrack with uh, everything within canon. But um, I the droid took out a star carrier, dude. Like in that one episode. But does R two get any any uh, body count for the Death Star? He was the. Astromech on Luke's he, he got shot by Vader, so <laughs> he, he can't he can't take full credit when Luke did. I think Archie's kill counts higher in like the comic books. Uh, that could be, yeah. I, I wasn't um, aware that this was how we we figure out our favorite droid. <laughs> yeah, uh, my was, favorite droid, the one with the most kills. <laughs> I'll do R- what Archie did to those B twos in uh, Revenge of the Sith. That's kind of hard to beat. <laughs> True, but yeah. So so there's that. Um, and I don't I don't know about you, but I've always found Ulfri Tar like one of the most irritating characters in Star Wars. So um, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he's dead because I don't I think I think he got sh- he he got shot in the head. He was definitely not stunned. No, and, it- I, and I don't see crosshair stunning people. It was it was a live round. I'll, yeah, I'll get into was. that and I go through stuff. <laughs> and I and I and I and I know it's kind of like leaking into the other episode, but I think that um, that I think this is kind of the first time where the Empire kind of covers up what they're doing, um, what they did, um, in a way, and that's kind of like how it's how like the Empire starts like lying about their news and all that kind of stuff on the Hollow Nets. Um, and uh, so there, there's that. Um, but yeah, and uh, so yeah, not I don't really have a whole lot to say about the uh, um, that episode um, outside of uh, um, cheering for Chopper, and that that was kind of just basically it. Um, and the noticing that the Bad Batch were more of a cameo in this episode. Um, so there. There's that. Um, the next episode, I has like a way more going for it, and uh, this that's where like Hera um, asks for the Bad Batch for help, um, and and they're very reluctant to do it, and I I totally get it because like once Crosshair was like a part of it, they were like it was like, yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, pretty close call if they succeed, because uh, Crosshair's definitely, um, he he's like he his track record is not that great so far, because but at the same time it's like he's still kind of a threat that he, he's not like the, uh, I don't think I really take him as like the Saturday morning villain that's always gonna lose. Um, he'll, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a point where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, he's like, his reputation will like really show like maybe towards the end, if anything. Um, but yeah. And I, I love the humor in, uh, the episode. Um, like when it, I always find tech very funny. Uh, if, if like some, (laughs) I love that like little bit like where uh, like Hera and uh, Omega are like flying the ship oh. in that refinery, 
and uh, he says something along the lines of, yes, uh, your flying is confusing everybody else as well as us, <laughs> or, or something to that extent. And I, I really love uh, that kind of uh, talk from uh, Tech. So, um, And then uh, Hauser, who apparently is the Star Wars Twitter heartthrob at the moment, Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I liked how, uh, I liked how, uh, he was kind of like one of those that kind of, re- um, realized that their occupation there was wrong and kind of stood up to that. Um, but that also kind of begs the question. I'm pretty sure we can get into theories on like into the theories area. Um, as far as why is that? And are the inhibitor chips only, um, Good caused caused or... by direct by direct uh, orders or um, whatnot. Um, so yeah, that those are kind of my uh, things that I really liked about the episode. Um, and 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 maybe there was like some dislikes with the um, previous one, but like it was it was very minor though. And I believe I already kind of uh, went over like the structure. I was kind of a bit alienated by the structure of the. Um, previous episode, but it, it wasn't enough for me to absolutely hate it. So, besides, who like I, I can never hate an episode with Chopper. <laughs> he does bring a lot of cool things to the episodes. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Aaron, what, what do you got? Uh, well, looking at <clears throat> looking at the um, I'm at, at the episodes as a whole, um, I think it was great. Like, I really thought that the overall storyline the story arc was was really good um and i really personally enjoyed um getting the whole two two episode hera backstory arc that we got um i thought that uh it was interesting to bring ryloth in and like they have been bringing in these different planets like the one from jedi fallen order other ones from clone wars like i like that they're kind of like you know, some people were. You said that Justin. You mentioned that some people were saying like it's making the universe so small. Well, it's like okay, but we are in that universe still. That's where we are. Like, we're, we're, right? These mm-hmm. are the planets where the war was fought, mm-hmm. and this is where the action is. And I actually really like that. That it's it feels like it's it's kind of like it's taking in. You have rebels, Clone Wars, Bad Batch are all in this kind of big you know corral, and that these stories can be told you know in parallel. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I personally really liked the 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 bold stroke to tell the whole first part of the story from from uh, basically from the perspective of the Sindulas and from the people on Ryloth, and how it kind of reversed the point of view, so that you saw how the Imperial occupation and the beginning of the rebellion looked, and how the Bad Batch are just kind of this peripheral, like they. They kind of just come in and out of that whole storyline, which is really showing like they're kind of just not really, they're not part of the rebellion. They're not part of the empire. They're just out here doing a side job for Sid. And it just kind of weaves in and out of that. And that's, that's what they're doing. And I thought that that was a really interesting, I mean, way to tell the first part of that story was to set up like, so the first part in the first episode, the Bad Batch are like they're neutral, right? We're just here to drop off the weapons. See you later. Not really gonna, you know, get involved. Doesn't we don't really even care essentially 
what you need these weapons for. We're just here to do a job. Um, because then in the second episode, obviously, then it's like, then they get pulled in, right? Like, and I thought it was really cool, like how Omega is the conscience of the batch. And she's the one that basically like says to Hunter, like, like, what do you mean? Like, the, we're not, like, I think, I do think that, like Sean mentioned, I think, I do think that, like, we're getting like a, a, a storyline where it's like you can't be neutral in the situation like to be neutral is to really kind of be on the wrong side in a sense um people are putting their lives on the line right people are and and we're seeing how the empire is a threat i think that all of that was done really well in these episodes it made me understand why it is important for the batch to to start thinking about you know like well, where was their place in this larger story right the empire is shown to be shady as we all know they are and um yeah so i did i really liked i liked the backstory of hera i liked what they did with point of view switching from one episode to the other i actually really really thought that was cool um i I'm super confused about what's going on with Hauser and the clones. And I thought it was interesting that on the one hand, we got Hauser who for all, unless we, unless there's something we don't know, if, I would assume he does have a chip that it did activate. We haven't been told otherwise. So he either does have a chip and it activated or he doesn't have a chip or it didn't activate. But for whatever reason, he seems completely free from, just following orders. So he's a stark contrast to Crosshair. Crosshair mm -hmm. is like, all I do is follow orders. And by the end of this episode, he's even asking if he has permission to go do bad deeds. Like he's completely the opposite of Hauser and these other clones who kind of decide to drop their weapons. He's like, no, in fact, can I do more bad stuff? Like, you know, I want to go after these guys. And I think that that's, it's interesting because it's kind of, I think it's, I do think that this might have been the death knell for for Crosshair as, as in terms of having a redemption arc. I could be wrong, but I feel like that might be the case. Um, I think he'll ha he might still have like a tragic ending, but I think that he probably is not going to be redeemed. Um, that was a very second time that there was a pretty dark, ominous <laughs> ending with Crosshair, where it's like, dang, dude, I know you got a chip in you, but like, whoa, like. Mm -hmm. yep. um, Whereas Hauser, who apparently has a chip, is deciding, you know, I have a conscience here. I have a, something else going on. I, they don't explain it, which is, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to get an explanation eventually. I hope we get one because it is a little bit like, well, what's going on? Um, probably, maybe it's setting up, like, the possibility of the Kaminoan uprising, like, that, that the clones can actually still rise up in some kind of way and have a mind of their own. Um, but yeah, but I did, I did enjoy um, uh, seeing Hera kind of getting that backstory. I thought it was interesting that they didn't show how her mom died um, in these two episodes. Cause I know her mom dies and that's like a huge part of the storyline in rebels is that there's this big rift between Hera and her dad it has something to do with their mom, his her mom dying. And I thought we were going to get that here, but we didn't. So I don't know, and I, I do, I'm curious if if we have seen the last of Hera and Kanan, um, or if we are gonna see both of them again before the show's over, but that's getting more into speculation and theory, but um, but yeah, I loved it. I, lo I thought it was great. I thought that 
the second episode as as a standalone was one of the stronger episodes in the series um, so far. Um, and uh, yeah, I my my only dislikes were I still have a hard time sometimes with like with like uh, scenes where kids just like get thrown into these super perilous situations that like nobody in their right mind would ever do like like when when hunters just like oh the, the plan is to do what oh go to this militarized imperial uh, operation and uh, create a diversion yeah send the 12 year olds like what like <laughs> no <laughs> like and i understand that that's to give that like that's for kids right mm-hmm. and it's cool if i'm a 12 year old that's like yeah i get to go in the cockpit. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I think, I mean, like yeah. I mean, for uh-huh. I mean, as much as I love, you know, Anakin in Episode One, like that was like, you know, it was like like this is this twelve year old, like you know, flying through this like insane space battle, right? Like I, that's always been a part of Star Wars, and I understand that. But like for me, like if I if I if I just stay in Star Wars, I can make that work. But like the reality is, is that that's kind of silly, like. Like yep. a twelve, two twelve-year-olds, like whatever, however old they are, I don't know. Like you yeah. guys go over here and create this diversion, and and they're flying a ship, and they're you know it's like, yeah, like the stakes are a little high for <laughs> putting kids in charge, maybe. <laughs> but um, but I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's 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 a reminder. This is a kids show for adults, or an adult show for kids, or whatever. Um, and I, I do like that Omega. Um, is the conscience of the bad batch in this episode in the episode and how that that it shows that like she is speaking truth to them that they need to hear which i really like i just don't know that tactically it's best to throw kids into those situations (laughs) Um, we're trying to protect we're trying to protect you but go do this thing over here around all these bombs and explosives (laughs) um yeah and i mean who doesn't love chopper I just like I love it when when Star Wars can weave characters from different timelines and storylines into the other stories effectively without it feeling fake, like or, or shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. I like that, and I thought they did this really well. It fit perfectly. Like that's exactly what we would expect to be happening on Ryloth with her parents, and that's exactly where Hera would be, and it would not be unusual for us to see that. Um, and I thought they did a good job of weaving that in there. So, yeah, good storytelling. I like the point of view switching. Good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. So I guess I'll go into my uh, can of worms for <laughs> for these episodes. Um, overall, I'm pretty much in line with you, Aaron. Uh, storytelling was good. It was a cool uh, perspective to see it from Ryloth, from Hera, Cham, and it kind of builds their story which we really only get to see in Rebels. Um, now, there is the Lords of the Sith novel, which is a fantastic novel that, after watching Devil's Deal, how that ended with Todd getting shot, I, I was almost like, okay, is this going to be like another novel that gets retconned? Because Todd's in it. Um, I don't know if you guys have read that one, but it's so good, so good. I re-listened to that after watching Devil's Deal, and I'm like, I hope this isn't going to get retconned. Um, but then a couple YouTube videos and then seeing how episode 12 opens out with Rampart giving that speech. He says that Todd did survive that shot, um, attempted assassination. So that, as far as I know, that novel might still be, be canon, um, which makes me thankful because, of course, Darth Vader, Darth Sidious, anything with them, it's just like candy for me. 
Um, <laughs> but over, overall, the only real things I had with this arc was the episode, or the the part with uh, Hauser and the clones. For me, that just opened up a whole can of worms. Mm-hmm. Um, look at my notes because I, I wrote a couple of things down. Oh no, a couple of things where you know if we we know they have the inhibitor chips, they weren't taken out, and if they were so easily, I don't know what the right, right word is, is fought against or whatever. Because like with Wrecker, when he finally succumbed to it, he told Omega, you know, I fought it as hard as I could and I couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way that it was, it was stopped was he had the chip removed. Um, and even with that episode, or you can go f- to the beginning episode of Bad Batch or the season finale with clone wars if they were able to fight those chips so easily rex probably would have been able to persuade jesse and those clone troopers to stand down um we would have had a totally different story arc yeah and then with camino the first episode after order 66 is given when palpatine's given his speech and all the clones are cheering you know for a safe and secure society mm-hmm. tech looks at that uh, the rest of the Bad Batch goes still think the regs aren't programmed, and then that kind of continues through the first couple episodes with how the clones they're ju- they're just vicious. You know when that that chip's activated, it kind of just stays activated. And Wrecker even says it when he's going after Omega, is that you're a traitor to the Empire and all traitors are to be eliminated mm-hmm. type thing. So for me, that just opens up a lot of different questions. It's like, all right, well, you know what's going on. Because even if, you know, there's a couple of theories, no, maybe it didn't activate because there's no Jedi. But then there's a part with the other episodes, you know, Wrecker, Traitors of the Empire, those who are against the Empire are to be basically killed or imprisoned or sent off as slaves. So that, it just seems like they're trying to set something up that me personally, I'm not quite sure they know what they're trying to set up. Now, I could be entirely wrong and I'd be glad to say I was wrong on that because, you know, we know Dave Filoni's a master at what he does. But just seeing the evidence from the other episodes, from the movies, it just, to me, there's just, too, it's just opening too many questions. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I thought it was a great arc. Um, the storytelling was good, character development. It was good seeing, yeah, good seeing Chaffer again. Now, you you guys already know I'm not a huge fan of Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um but after watching all this, all the episodes together, you know, a couple of the characters kind of do grow on you. Um, I will say R2-D2 is the best, but that's in my humble but maybe accurate opinion. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> one, I, one I can accept, definitely. <laughs> Chopper would be a noble number two. <laughs> Sounds good. Now put them together, that's a live-action movie I want to see. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, I was gonna say they should like like next trilogy just have them take down an entire um, like a droid a, trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd be game for that. I really would. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, the episode was the great. The storytelling was great for me. It was just that order, the inhibitor chip question. Um, so for me, that worries kind of puts points on the board and the negative side for me for that just because it opens too many questions 
Um, but other than that, you know, I, I pretty much, yeah, I, I really did enjoy the episodes. Um, curious to see where they're going to take it coming out of it. Um, but I guess we're just going to have to wait and find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it was interesting that they they really did like tee up quite a bit here. Like, so you've got Crosshair like 100%. Like, okay, for the rest of the series, it appears, or the season, um, Crosshair is going to be on their tail. So that's one thing. And I think that um, we kind of stepped away from the Kaminoan bounty hunter scenarios, but that's obviously still in, kind of come into play. Um, and I think that what they did by opening up the can of worms, like you said, David, like, I mean, it definitely was a little bit thrown off by that. Like, it's like, wait, what? Like, so you're raising a lot of questions for a thinking person who's watching this show. Yep. And I hope that we find out that you had a storytelling, like that you had a plan that you're following that gives us that introduction without telling us why. And then you'll tell us why, or you're give, give us a right. Like in the story right now, that just doesn't even make sense. Like, yeah, it, like it really doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. If you tell it on the back end, like in a way that's, that works, then that's okay. I can handle that. Um, but, um, if I go on the assumption that Hauser and all the clones on Ryloth have their chips and that they have been activated and that they are still active, then that raises a lot of questions. But I do think it was interesting that it did set up that contrast, like I said, between Hauser and Crosshair, where Hauser is like, if we assume that he has a chip that's been activated, that he is able to question, whereas Crosshair is like, goes from bad to worse. Yeah, um, but, and you set up that contrast. Um, but but didn't they like amplify uh, crosshairs in here chip as well? So That's, that yeah, that could right. be a factor that can play into it too. The one thing I, I do I do like um, that I kind of wanted to touch on what you were talking about, Aaron, was well maybe you said it too, Justin, with how um, we're going to be seeing maybe more and more of crosshairs' traits coming out as he hunts down the Bad Batch. Um, and I, I think they actually gave us a little bit of that when they were going to go off to try to stop the attack on the finery. Then he just stops and he goes, that's not their target. Mm-hmm. And that, like that sinister music started playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's in their heads. Like that's the second time that he's done that. Right? Like, he's like, I know these guys. This isn't, this is all, I know what's going on. Like they did that, that one episode, I forgot which episode it was, where he was like, I think it was when they were on. Um, oh yeah, um, on, on Raxus. Yes, and he said, "Oh no, that's not what they're doing. They're doing this, or they're here, or they're there." Like he, he's, 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 he knows what bad the bad batch is thinking and doing, and yeah, that's. I, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Like, <clears throat> that's another thing that's kind of a little bit problematic. Maybe is that. Like someone, I was watch, I was listening to um, a couple of, I think, I think I was listening to Thor Skywalker, and he was talking about like, like, why isn't there any storyline around the Bad Batch just like trying to rescue Crosshair and just take his chip out? I think we're gonna get that in season two. I don't think season really? one. Okay. Since you got last time, you guys, you guys said uh, season two has been confirmed. That's mm-hmm. what I've heard. So 
if that's the case, I don't think we're going to get it till season two. The crosshair will stay bad at the end of season one. Bad Batch will choose a side, but they'll still be... Yep, and then as things get worse throughout the galaxy, then they'll go after... Or he starts, or Crosshair starts wreaking havoc against the Rebels. Then they're like, all right, we got to take him out. Then like, well, we can either A, kill him, or B, try to capture him, whatever, get him to Camino or something, take his chip out and save his life. Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Could you, mm-hmm. I think I, the more I think about it, though, the more I like the idea of Crosshair just going totally dark. He's so good as like he's so good as that kind of character. He is. He is. He like, really right. is. He is so sinister and so like he's like a, and he kind of reminds he's like he's like Tarkin with mad skills. Like it's like he's just so sinister and so yeah, very. Dark. I think too if we were gonna get something for the season ending because we have what five four more four, episodes four episodes I think they would have start building on building towards the season finale if it was just one season by now so i i think anything he's going to stay like you said stay dark for the whole first season maybe halfway through the second season things start to build up then he either gets redeemed or right they have to take him out a lot a lot of there's a lot of it's it's i feel like i don't know if we're going to get a four store four episode like closure arc we might not be quite that close to the end mm-hmm. but man they've really i think they've set it up really well like like i, I really want to know what's gonna happen like what I, is where is this all going like one thing i'd really be interested in uh since we're kind of on the topic of since we could, we could do theories and whatever since we're kind of diving into it is a western duel between cad bane and crosshair I, I feel like Cad Bane. I don't know. If, I don't know. Forget. I don't think. Yeah, I, don't think I, I feel like I feel like Cross. I feel like Crosshair is better at like sniping configurations than, than actual pistol to pistol combat. So, yeah, I think I think Cad Bane too. Do you think Cad Bane's for sure going to come back in this in the in the season? Well, they didn't kill him, so That's if you're true. not dead, you have a good chance of coming back. Wow. It's gonna be interesting to see. I think like one of the things I'm curious to see is because they've kind of dropped off of the the um, bounty hunter stories. I mean, I'm assuming that that's gonna come back into play, like that that the the storyline of the Kamen like because you have the you have the cross the Empire crosshair storyline, you have the Bad Batch storyline, and then you have the Kaminoan bounty hunter storyline, um, and. I'm assuming that all three of those are going into the last four episodes. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, how the bounty hunter thing plays out. Like I'm almost certain we're going to see Fennec Shand again, for sure. Um, Cad Bane, I would assume, or maybe others. Um, I still don't, I still don't know if I'm certain about Boba Fett showing up or how excited I am about that. Um, I feel like you might, that might get to the point where it'd be like, okay, all right. So is Boba Fett and everything now? Like, like hmm. he's in Bad Batch, he's in Mando, he's in his own show, um, and and I get I, for, I keep forgetting like how old he would be. He's like what fourteen, something like that at the end of the Clone War. Well, let's he's around he was around ten in uh, Attack of the Clones, or ten or nine somewhere. Okay, around. so he's about maybe maybe so, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. 
right now in the storyline in the bad yeah. batch yeah. timeline yeah. 13 or 14 13? somewhere around there yeah i don't know how much i want a 13 or 14 year old boba fett like the only way i can see it is if they were to do like a time jump in season two like maybe for the finale then introduce them so it'd be like season the season season two starts kind of as in like an aftermath of season one then there's maybe a two or three year time jump then he'd be a little bit older then maybe they could introduce him he's at the, a little at the end of season one or in season two? season two season two yeah okay hmm. yeah maybe so i i think that i think that um if Vader's going to show up, they've done a really good job of making it like we. It would be a, a surprise. It would be a shock, like in the sense that we have no clues to indicate that, and he hasn't been mentioned in the show. Nothing. There's been no indication. They haven't tipped their hat at all to Vader showing up. So it would be very interesting to see that. Um, I, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out. Like I keep going back to that news story about Kevin Kiner saying that when they was recording the, the 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 track for the last episode that he was crying and i'm trying to figure out what that means <laughs> like what was it that had him in tears i'm assuming that that means i'm assuming that means a death i guess or some kind of or or, or the end of the clone army some some, some it had to be big something something big or something with emotional impact and I'm just like, well, what is it? Like, what is the what is going to happen at the end of season one that made him so sad, right? And like, and he's writing the music to bring that emotion out, right? Like, and it's impacting him. Like, like, you know, is it like what's going to happen? Is someone going to die, um, or is there going to be like a someone going to be like, or is it going to be like kind of like at the ending of Empire Strikes Back, where like an important character is thrown into tremendous uncertainty like Han and and, and Empire Strikes Back but I really am at a loss to even speculate what it might be or if someone's going to die or not I I don't think we're going to get to death until I'm still going to say like the revolt on Kamino which I think is going to be season 2 season 1 I think I'm thinking now it's going to be some type of situation where the Empire finds because we know the, the one part we haven't seen yet from the trailer is Tarkin saying, I want Clone Force 999 hunting down and eliminated. Yeah. So I think we're going to get maybe some type of scenario, almost like a Black Hawk Down type thing. The Empire finds the Bad Batch. They Or, or kind of like how the season finale type with season one of Mando, where they're trapped in the cantina, and it's the last minute where they're able to find a way out. Um, I think we might get something like that. We're going to get a lot of injuries, maybe some bad injuries for the Bad Batch. But I don't think we're going to get any any deaths. I think they're going to set that up for season two. Yeah, so it makes me wonder, like, what did he? What was he talking about that was so emotional? Hmm. I, I, tell you, I tell you what would be a really interesting stroke of storytelling that they could do, which would be very dark and intense for a kid's show would be that um, Omega doesn't survive season one and that's what pushes the Bad Batch over the brink into into the rebellion into the rebellion like mm. that and I the only reason I even think that that could happen is just because like I said this Kevin Kiner saying this was so sad like that I was weeping like that would be a gut-wrenching 
like you know if if omega were not to survive and then the and the bad batch were then realizing like you know we can't be neutral um and we 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 have to fight and the omega has already kind of set herself up as like their conscience you know and maybe that would happen we know that we know that at a we know that the kaminoans are not successful or like well we should say part of the Kamino, the, the kaminoan faction that wants to get her back and successfully continue the cloning program we know that's going to fail yeah so omega either dies or she never gets captured and she somehow successfully continues to exist in the universe as a as a clone uh without ever being you know um exploited in any way um but then that begs the question like what is omega who is omega like who is omega going forward like because she's not in anything else and we don't know anything about her in any other shows or storylines um so what does uh, what does the where does omega who's a pure clone of boba fett where does she fit into the, the star wars universe if she goes beyond the bad batch i think that would be really good oh my gosh <laughs> Her nine, not that I'd want to see Omega die, but that would be, right. that would be an, a powerful story. Time. Her or mm-hmm. Wrecker, since they have like that emotional connection, connection. together. Mm. Wrecker dying and Omega seeing that, and oh yeah, I don't know, man. I think I think there's gonna I think someone's gonna die. I don't know if just based on that that news story about Kevin Kiner, I think someone's gonna die. We'll see. A lot of theories, a lot of questions soon to be answered. Now the question is whether we're going to be crying at the end. That's going to be the question. That's going to be the hard part. I know. We'll I find out. usually don't cry at Star Wars things. I mean, like I've ha- I've had some like uh, like frog in the throat moments, uh, mostly with the original trilogy, and some moments in the sequel. I don't I don't think I've ever had that in the prequel, but oh, but Clone Wars almost got me close. But I I don't know. I mean I, I don't I don't I don't think I uh ball my eyes out like in return the ending of Return of the King. But I mean I probably might get a frog in my throat for this. I can definitely see that. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> All right, so now let's go through our ratings. Justin, why don't you kick it off? Okay. Um so for uh the devil's deal i'm probably gonna go with a 7.8 out of 10 um i liked i liked the store i like i liked uh um getting reunited with Hera and chopper again um i kind of found it a bit odd for uh the story to kind of take a a full different turn but like it doesn't like make me fully hate the episode though um and uh, for the other one, I'm just gonna go with a solid eight out of ten. Um, it was it was fun. Um, I liked the interaction uh, between the Bad Batch and Hera. Um, I really liked the uh, um, the plan that they uh, did to get to save Hera's parents, and uh, and I and it makes me excited for the um, last four. Awesome, Aaron. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Um, for a ranking, if I was to, I, I would say I was thinking more uh, episode eleven, seven and a half, seven point five, uh, episode twelve, eight point five, to round out at 
add, I think it would make it eight. Um, I think that these are definitely um, episodes that, I mean, they're really, it really is one episode broken up into two. Um, yep. It's a storyline that is broken up into two parts. And so I think that, um, but if, so if I rank them separately, I think they definitely, as much as I like the storyline and the, the point of view switching in episode 11, I still don't think it was a great episode. It was definitely cool to like, like I was not expecting to see Hera in this show. So that, that was cool. Um, and not, I wasn't expecting to see anything from rebels in this show. So, but yeah, seven and a half, eight and a half averages out to eight. Um, definitely, uh, episode 12, I would say is in my top four or five for this season. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, for me, episode 11, I would have to give that kind of probably a seven, seven, five, probably, yeah, seven, five, seven point five. Um, seeing it from yeah, a different perspective, seeing it as a storytelling from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. Yeah. Like you guys are saying, seeing the other characters kind of like how we saw Kanan in the first episode. Um, Episode 12, I'm going to have to go probably a 6.5 or 7. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I liked the episode. It was just, for me, it was just too much confusion with the whole inhibitor chip thing, especially with how that was all built up and talked about the, with the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I'd have to give yeah give the story arc probably a 7. With the, with the right to change it if you get a satisfying explanation? I will leave the door open. I'll leave, the door I'll, open. I'll leave mm-hmm. it cracked. Okay. okay. <laughs> I did I did feel like, I almost felt like there was a, the thought that came to my mind was like, because like when you saw Hauser in those two episodes, it was kind of refreshing. It was like, oh, it felt like Clone Wars again. Yeah. Right? yeah. But then I was yeah. like, but we're, wait. We're what? not in Clone Wars. Right. Like, and I don't know if they were doing it just to like give us that feeling or not. Or, or make us sympathetic towards Hauser, in a, in a way, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it was definitely it was definitely a situation where it's like, okay, well, we'll let you bend the rules here if you tell us what's going on, but if you're just gonna do that, like, yeah, yeah. So I could see where that could that could bring the the, the ranking for the episode down. I think that um, for me, I think it was more like I think I got I got caught up in more like the what I wanted to see, which is, you know, it's heartbreaking to see the clones just, they're gone. Like, where'd they go? Like, these guys were so cool for seven seasons of the Clone Wars. You know, we fell in love with the clones and now they're all just assholes. Like, it's just like, where did they go? It's like seeing them again, like, you know, like seeing Hauser, seeing those other clones, like it was like, oh yeah, that's right. We love these guys. Um, They're not just all mindless, vicious killers. but I thought they were. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what's mm-hmm. going on? It just so, did, it just didn't fit the storyline, right. in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And no, it definitely raised questions for me. I was like, wait, so what is going on with this guy? And they didn't tell us. No. No. So I'm, I'm I mean, it's interesting. They didn't execute him. He's still oh, yeah. in custody. So I think he. I don't think we've heard the last of him. Um, but he's also not someone that we know about in any future story. Yeah. I, so. I don't think he was in the occupation of Ryloth and the. Uh, clone in the uh, season one because he he wasn't with Mace Windu. No, I, I don't think he was either. So, I'd have to rewatch it though. 
Yeah, he's a new character yeah. entirely, I believe. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even know the character. I know there was like that one clone that wrote on the on the blurg. Maybe, maybe that was him? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to sell another clone or, trooper with a different color on it. <laughs> or, 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 or somebody cosplay. I don't know. That, that's, definitely, that's definitely out there. All right. Any closing comments? I should have taped Jake's reaction to the tw- to um the t- seeing all those Twi'leks. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know that comment might not make it in the episode, but it was, it, it was funny. I I I was like, oh gosh, look at the Twi'leks, and Jake's like, ooh, <laughs> and it's like. You would. <laughs> you would. Tune in next time for the... <laughs> the the Twi... The Leku Show. Where we explore Jake's Twi'lek fetish fully. <laughs> okay, that's not making it in the um, He'll definitely hear it during uh, uh, like our editing process. like, that's not going on the show. <laughs> no, what we need to do is we need to do a recording with a rant talking just about Leku. <laughs> Leku sensitivity. What? What? What are they for? Are they an extra ear? Or are they some something else? <laughs> I, who knows? I think for me, like what I'm. I think what I I appreciated about what I liked about this. What I feel after these two episodes is that two things. Number one is that I just like I think they've really set like set up the season as it goes down the home stretch really well. Like I'm really like, I'm really not sure where it's like, what is going to happen? Like, you know, um, and I'm really invested. Like, I really want to know what's going to happen to these characters. And I think that's what you want going into the end of the season is you want the, like I care about what happens to the bad batch, to Hunter, to, to all the bad batch, to, to Omega. Um, I, it, and it's going to be so what however they do it, it it can be very impactful like you know but if i didn't care about the characters then it would be like okay well whatever um and i like the some i like the darkness that we're getting through crosshair um and i also think like it's i'm very curious to see like how the bad batch it's it's been for me a continual unexpected surprise i had low expectations going in they've continually exceeded my expectations and now I'm wondering, like, out loud, like, where is this? How does this? We've gotten Kanan. We got Hera. We got Fennec. We got, you know, this show has, like, like has its tentacles in everything else that's going on now. Like, Fennec is in this show. She's in Mandalorian. She's going to be in Book of Boba Fett. You know, Kanan was obviously from Rebels. Hera was from Rebels. Um uh, Cad Bane is from they they they've really and I'm curious to see like where that's gonna go like how much of this like even beyond season one like I don't know, however many seasons Bad Bat and Bad Batch ends up being where it fits in in canon where it ends up fitting in canon because it's clearly gonna be a major part of it it seems like like it especially <clears throat> especially if it's more than one season mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A lot, a lot of questions, and yeah, they're doing a good job of making you actually be invested in the characters. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I, I found the Bad Batch in Clone Wars season seven largely to be annoying. Um, so, I was, I'm very surprised by how much I feel, I felt instantly 
attached to them since the first two episodes. So I'm very, yeah, I could see where, depending on what is supposed to happen at the end, where that could be very emotional. Um, yeah. We're in for a wild ride, gents. All right. So that is it for our episode. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.